Welcome to St. Mungo's Podcast for the Magically Deprived, where you can get your weekly Potter fix. We will be discussing the Harry Potter series chapter by chapter. If you've read the books previously or are just starting the series for the first time, we hope you enjoy this journey through Harry's adventures at Hogwarts and beyond. Please be aware that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We may at times reference future events, people, or places. Also, there will be adult language and content. So if you have little ones listening, you may want to send them out of the room or listen at another time. Hello everyone, I'm Joe. I'm Megan. I'm Serena. This week we will be discussing Chapter 10 of the Philosopher's Stone, Halloween. We'll head over to Serena in the Slytherin Common Room for the summary. Hello. So Harry receives a Nimbus 2000 broom, learns the rules of Quidditch, and begins to practice. On Halloween, Hermione masters levitation in charms class. However, the jealous and mean remarks of Ron send her in tears to the girls' bathroom, where she's trapped with a troll who has broken into Hogwarts. After noticing Snape heading toward the third floor, Harry and Ron run to her rescue and defeat the troll with a well-placed spell. Hermione lies to keep them out of trouble, and the three become friends. I feel like I was reading that chapter for a lot longer than this. <laughs> well, it goes from one thing to another, just like in the last one. It's like we're yeah. on the Quidditch pitch, and then we're having a midnight duel. Yeah, it jumps around quite yeah. a bit. And some of the notes I have, we actually discussed in the, the last chapter about yeah, um, why Fluffy is in the school to begin with. And also about Harry receiving a broom and not just any broom. It has to be a Nimbus 2000, all because Professor McGonagall does not want to lose to Slytherin. And I'm pretty sure Harry can afford his own broom. For right? Small. Definitely can, yeah. yeah. Like, he's got lots of money. He can buy his own broom. I don't know why Professor McGonagall felt the need to purchase he's a broom like, for him. He's the legacy. He's the school's legacy. He is. So he, they just spoil him unnecessarily. I wonder but, if, um, like, Hogwarts has a credit tab at Gringotts. <laughs> Put it on the, the school credit. The business account. Yeah. Well, I know they have account for, like, kids who don't have a lot of money that can't afford things to help them out with like their necessities obviously it wouldn't be for a broomstick because first years aren't even supposed to have a broomstick but harry's got more than enough money to get his own damn broomstick but it reminds me of the way real athletes are treated yeah like mm -hmm. they just get things thrown at them and here take this for free take this for free yeah, when they can afford it themselves right? yeah sure they can afford it that's how the companies make their money because people are dumb and they'll see this famous guy putting on some puma soccer cleats on the field and now everyone's rushing to go buy puma that's why they don't pay them because they're yeah they can afford it but no they they need the endorsement mcgonagall sends a note along with the broomstick saying don't open it at the table because then everybody's gonna want one yeah okay you're at breakfast literally with the entire school why did you send it now yeah in that package that you know looks nothing like a broom at all right yes. that, that, that's exactly <laughs> what i was gonna say like they're gonna know it's a broomstick regardless i love when it says like malfoy feels harry's package oh, i i said what i said <laughs> and sees that it's a broomstick <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, put that in a put it in a fanfic so he sees it's a broom and once again he's trying to get harry in trouble and he's just so angry when harry doesn't get in trouble but i love that harry and ron just take that little minute to rub it in going oh yes i did get a broomstick and it's thanks to malfoy here that i got it right Brilliant. right actually all thanks to malfoy that i even have it to begin with harry starts learning about quidditch 
He starts his training and he learns that the game only ends when the little golden ball called the snitch is caught. And when this ball is caught, the team earns 150 points, which nearly always wins the game. But did you know that the golden snitch was originally a bird called the golden snidget? And it was introduced into Quidditch in 1269 when the chief of the Wizards Council, Barbarous Bragg, released one during a Quidditch game and offered 150 galleons reward money to the player that caught it. So they started putting the bird in as part of the game. And then whoever caught the bird would get 150 points. But this practice resulted in the decreased population of the poor golden snidget because it was very fragile and it would get crushed when they caught it during the game so it became endangered then a skilled metal charmer called bowman wright invented the golden snitch to replace the bird the new snitch weighed exactly the same as the snidget and the wings were also identical they would rotate and allow it to change direction and speed in the exact same way that the bird did and then in 1884 a snitch managed to evade capture in a quidditch match for six months and both teams just gave up in frustration and were disgusted with their seekers and rumor has it that the snitch is still wild in the area to this day (laughs) (laughs) that is really funny out there somewhere i don't know if it's a real bird or if she made it up i have no idea megan's gonna check for us why do i feel like she made it up no, it says a uniquely small bird of the British Isles and much of Europe. Golden snidgets have wings unique among magical avian species being fully rotational. Oh, it says magical species. Yeah, it does say magical avian species. <laughs> okay. Interesting. For a minute there, I was like, oh, so it is real. But yeah, it's magical. I'm like, this was worded very <laughs> deceivingly. Yeah. It's really okay. cute, though. Aww. Oh, it's adorable. It looks like a hummingbird. It does. <laughs> That's a good Harry Potter tattoo to get if you don't want people to know that it's a Harry Potter tattoo. Oh, I want them to know. (laughs) When I get mine, I want them to know. Okay, so a petty thing. Oliver Wood is explaining everything to Harry, and Harry says, oh, it's like basketball, but in the air. And he he has no idea what he's talking about. Okay, but two seconds later... He pulls out muggle golf balls from his pocket <laughs> to throw at Harry. <laughs> and I was like, wait. I didn't even catch on to that. I was like, wait, he doesn't know what basketball is, but he has golf balls in his pockets. And where did he get them? I don't know. Where did he get golf balls? He's throwing them at him at, to practice. I don't know if that's what they normally do, but I'm oh like, you don't God. know what basketball is, but you just have golf balls in your pockets. That's so funny. Maybe Wood doesn't know that they're golf balls. I was just going to say. Just I knows that they're golf balls. It said he, golf balls, though. It does say golf balls, but he would have had to get them from the muggle world. So yeah. did a muggle-born bring them in and he just found them and goes, oh, these are great to practice with. But eventually, <laughs> they're going to lose some, so he have to replenish his stock. This is very interesting. Where are the golf balls coming from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Rina. okay. Now you've just given me like a month's <laughs> worth of research to do here. Where are these golf balls coming from? I have to look into it. So I just thought it was funny. And then Harry was like, oh, never mind, nothing. And then he pulls out <laughs> golf balls. I don't know why it caught my attention. I was like, wait a second. Maybe he got them from uh, Dean. Like, he knows all about the muggle sports. <laughs> and my main question from this chapter is always, why does Hermione need to lie? About the yeah. troll. Yeah. Why does she need to lie? If she just told the truth, it would have been it. the exact same thing. Right? Exactly. But maybe that was her chance to, like, prove that, you know what, I can go along with this, guys. Like, we'll be friends. I'll, I'll lie for you. This is this is my in, you know? But she still didn't need to lie. Why didn't she no, just she say didn't. that she was upset and in the washroom and they knew, like, that she wasn't there. They went to look for her and they saved her life. 
but no, and she wouldn't have got points taken away from her. Exactly. She oh, just that, says that she went to look for the troll. Why did you have to say that you went to look for the troll? Why didn't you just say you were in the bathroom and it came to the bathroom? Well, maybe she thought that Ron and Harry would get in trouble for that because they knew that a troll was out and like, yeah, okay, they're saving Hermione, but they're still disobeying what they should be doing. Why didn't you just tell a teacher? The troll is loose. We heard that Hermione's stuck in the bathroom. Can somebody go do something? I mean, that goes for the whole series. Exactly. (laughs) Why don't you just stay in your dormitory? Tell the teacher when there's trouble. Send somebody else. They'll take care of it. And I think that's more Harry than Ron that always feels like I'll just take this on myself. And I don't know where he got that. That what from. do you mean you don't know where he got that from his entire life he's had to take care of himself oh yeah true true yeah okay that's okay. hyper independence is all he knows <laughs> yes because everything that happens is oh we should go take care of this yeah. not tell a responsible <laughs> not, adult not because he doesn't know a responsible adult he doesn't know a, an adult that's going to care about him that's fair so, like he's this is a trauma response really is fair. what it is we kind of jumped ahead a bit, little bit because we see Ron's lack of tact, obviously, when Hermione walks by and he calls her a nightmare and it makes her cry. And then he and... just looks awkward. <laughs> but the f- I know he's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I did. She misses the next class. And to me, this is like such an important part to Hermione because we know how Hermione feels about school and learning. Just the fact that she was so upset, you could tell how much this affected her. And I think it's for the fact that she's never had friends and it affected her that much that she just completely missed the next class. You're right. Having a character do something like that, that is so completely, totally out of character, makes it such a pivotal and like important part in the book. I completely agree with you. She probably thought she was going to come to Hogwarts and everyone was going to be as excited as she was to learn magic. And maybe she'd finally make some friends. She started off about it just the whole wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I also want to just take note because I think this is the first incident we're seeing of it. I'm pretty sure this is going to carry throughout the series that anytime that there is a major incident or something, always Snape and McGonagall are the ones that show up. Mm-hmm. And this time, Quirrell, when they, I guess they heard the troll fall or whatever, and they came running, Quirrell was with them this time. But usually in any of these situations, it's always Snape and McGonagall. And always those three. Yes, always <laughs> the three, those three students and those two teachers. This like kind of shows us where Dumbledore's confidence lies. It's in these two, because you never see the other two heads of house. I couldn't even imagine Flitwick and... Uh, sprout showing up and trying to handle a situation like that first of all they're both tiny what are they gonna do they're i mean one um... of them stoned in the kitchen and the other one's got his own carried books so... <laughs> no of course the other two show up gonagal is um the what is it the deputy headmistress deputy headmistress yes yeah. so she would probably like handle things for dumbledore yeah and i assume snape would be the one under her if something should happen to her he would replace McGonagall yeah most likely I guess I think so to me it's like that's the two people that Dumbledore just trusts to take care of business Mm -hmm. and I love their relationship too actually McGonagall and Snape the way they interact with each other out of everybody they're the biggest rivals but they do interact well together and like they say that at the beginning of the book that there's no safer place for anything besides Hogwarts Hogwarts is so safe because Dumbledore's there where 
show me when Hogwarts is safe. No one's concerned that a troll just got into the school. Like, these are people's children that we have. Imagine getting a letter home. Like, oh, we well, had a little uh, troll break in. But the troll got there accidentally. The three-headed dog was put there on purpose. Exactly. And then Dumbledore must know that a troll can only get in if someone lets it in. Mm-hmm. I think I think Dumbledore knows somebody let the Dumbledore troll in. Knows yeah, it didn't just come wandering into the school. Because yeah. also... Are there not protective charms there are, the exactly to stop this kind of thing from happening? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, a troll's not just going to wander into Hogwarts. And trolls are very smart, so it's not like they hatched a plan. To exactly. Get Hermione gets five points rewarded, and Ron and Harry get five points taken away, but they're yeah. upset. They thought they should have got more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, we got ten points. Five, actually. If yeah. Five, Hermione got taken away. This is the moment that these three become forever friends from this moment on. It's like the first time that we see their combined skills put together, how they're all needed to handle all the situations. How interdependence is really key and everything. <laughs> Do we know it was Quirrell who let the troll into the building, right? Like that's yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I heard, saw a theory years ago where somebody said Snape let the troll into the school and I was like, mm, I don't know. I think that's what you're supposed to be led to like, believe. To believe, right? But think- it's actually like Quirrell under a charm by Voldemort or something like that. Well, at the end of the, even at the movie, I think in the book too, Harry says, oh, you're the one who let the troll in. To Snape? To right? Quirrell. When, oh, he, to Quirrell. when he faces Quirrell. Oh, okay. He goes, oh, you're the one who let the troll in because it was a diversion for Quirrell to go and try to get back past Fluffy. But they see Snape going to the third floor, so they think it's think Snape it's... trying to get past yes. Fluffy. But yes. Snape okay. knows that Quirrell's trying to get past Fluffy, so he goes and tries to stop him. That's the theory that I heard, yes. Mm-hmm. That that scratches my brain right, yes. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we're not at this chapter yet, but when we get there to when they go into the trap door, a troll is actually part of the obstacle mm-hmm. course that gets you to the mirror to get the stone. Yeah. And they know that Quirrell, that's Quirrell's part. You know how each teacher contributed something to protect the stone. Yeah. Quirrell's protection was the troll. So if they were thinking logically, he's the one that has the affinity with trolls. So the teacher should have known that he was the one that let the troll in. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what I'm saying. But again, Dumbledore, like all the strings here, he knows everything. Already. And that's the thing with Dumbledore. Like sometimes I'm on the fence. How could he have not known certain things? And then sometimes I'm like, oh, but was he so busy that he just kind of overlooked <laughs> it? But then I'm like, no, he's not that stupid. Busy no. with what, though? Because we've already established that when something bad happens, Snape and McGonagall show up, not Dumbledore. Yeah. So what's he busy doing? Well, I mean, he runs the school. He's the headmaster. And I'm sure he's got other duties. And he gets pelted with owls from the minister asking him questions. So I just feel like he's a busy man. And sometimes I think he knows that something's going on. But he's just like, eh. Let's see how this plays It'll out. Be fine. I'll deal with it afterwards. I don't know how. I don't think he can see the future or anything, but I feel like he just knows how everything will and needs to play out. I'm like I said, I'm on that fine line of are you planning this all out so beautifully? And I'm very ignorant to what's happening, but eh, we'll just see what happens. And he does state at one point that he does like to let Harry kind of figure things out for himself. He does, but there's some things I think that 11-year-old children (laughs) should not be doing. Mm -hmm. And I know that Harry is an exception to that rule because he needs to groom Harry 
because he is the the boy who lived and he needs to groom him to do whatever he needs to do. And he also needs to kind of see what Harry's strengths are. This way he can pinpoint his strengths, his weaknesses, and see what he needs to help him work at. So maybe for the next year, he can give him a new task as to what will help him. I don't know. He does tell Snape to keep an eye on Quirrell. He's suspicious of Quirrell. He lets someone else deal with it. Yeah. Well, I guess that's um benefit of being at the top. You can just kind of delegate all these tasks that you don't want to deal with. All the dangerous stuff. You deal with it. Hagrid, you go get Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else to add? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. All right, Megan, we'll head over to you in the Hufflepuff common room for Would You Rather. Today's Would You Rather question is, would you rather come face to face with Fluffy, the three-headed dog, or a mountain troll? I will say mountain troll. They're not supposed to be very bright. So I feel like I could maybe outwit it. Whereas Fluffy is too many heads. <laughs> too many. I mean, you think about it, like he's got three heads. It doesn't matter which direction I go. <laughs> um, I'd say Fluffy because you just play a music and he falls asleep. Oh, you always think of the simplest solutions. But I yeah, I think of the worst possible scenario. <laughs> I think about it way too logically. But I mean, I can't play but, an instrument, though. Am I allowed to have my phone with me? In the- you play guitar, don't you? Uh, no. <laughs> where am i getting a guitar from and i was gonna say you'd actually have to have an instrument on you yeah yeah realistically Would i mean i don't know if you're allowed to music spell oh yeah i guess if I, I can do magic and conjure up some music megan see at first i thought i was going to say fluffy because like i love dogs and my first instinct would be like no no i can pet you it's fine don't even <laughs> Like, you've got three heads. There's enough of me. Come let, let, let me love you all. But then I thought about it and I was like, no, I feel like I could outsmart the troll a lot easier than I could than I could outsmart a three-headed dog. Yeah, clearly I didn't even think about music. So, be, well, <laughs> to be fair, I am have not seen the movies in a long time and hardly read the books. So until we get to that part in the book where they reveal that, that would be lost to me. I have no idea that that was even a thing. Well, I have no musical talent whatsoever. And I think if I sang to him, he would just eat me to stop me from singing. (laughs) I was going to say, can I hum a tune? Like, does that work? Does that work? I think so. I think you could. It's, it doesn't specify the music, any music. But then picture this, you're humming and it's not working and the dog's just looking at you like, you're fucking dumb. And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. it's sounding less and less like music. The dog's yeah. getting angrier. It's like scream humming. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. But there's no way that I'm jumping on a troll or anything like that. So I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't doing think that you troll. necessarily have to jump on it. I think you could hide throw something the other way so it makes a noise and that troll's dumb enough to go follow that you take off the other way and now you don't even have to do anything it's somebody else's problem or like tap him on the back of his ankle and when he turns around to see who it is run the other way way. i stick with my answer yeah me too i'll figure it out serena's gonna figure out how to calm the dog So friends, if you would like to let us know what you would rather do, or if you would just like to send us a would you rather, please do. And we will actually answer it on air. Megan, if you could give them homework for next week, please. Next week, your homework is read chapter 11, Quidditch.
Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you could be so kind as to leave us a rating and review. That brings us to the end of this episode. Join us next week as we continue reading through the Harry Potter series. You can send any questions, comments, or concerns to Podcast at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast. <laughs>